With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. We're going to talk about Project Veritas and James O'Keefe and the ongoing saga that's happening there. But I want to start out by saying part of this is gossip. And I don't typically publicly weigh in on gossip, even when it's really interesting gossip, even when it's in the conservative movement, even when it's in conservative media specifically, because I don't know that there's a lot of value in my doing that unless I have something valuable to add, something specifically valuable to add. And I've gotten to that point with the Project Veritas, James O'Keefe story, where I do have something valuable to add, something I want to share with you. I want to share my thought process on how how I'm thinking about this whole thing. I know people on both sides of this. I've spent hours on the phone with both board members of Project Veritas and hours on the phone with people on Team James here. And there's a lot of people who have a lot of emotions and a lot of passion and a lot of love for our country and it's a messy situation. And I have something that I think is really pertinent to this conversation, something that um, both Project Veritas and James O'Keefe would do well (laughs) to contemplate and think about, and our country really needs them to do that. So um, Project Veritas also has a new video that they've just dropped, so we're gonna talk about that as well. Let's get to it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so the Project Veritas, James O'Keefe saga, which is now nearing its one-month mark where... The board of directors at Project Veritas essentially kicked James out of the company. James said he was kicked out. I know there's some arguing over whether it was firing, whether he left voluntarily. I don't care about those details. (laughs) That's not the kind of details that we're here to hash out today. But what I want to do today is talk to you a little bit about my thought process as someone who thinks what Project Veritas does, this organization that James O'Keefe founded 10 years ago, is so important that it might be the most influential organization doing this kind of undercover journalism that no one else is doing in our entire country, this this needs to be worked out. And there is a way. There is a way to work this out. So I want to start the show today by um, showing you a clip of something that happened at CPAC. James O'Keefe gave a speech at the Conservative Political Action 
um, uh, conference outside of Washington, D.C. this past week, and he brought with him a special guest who was an unseen part of the most bombshell, the biggest story Project Veritas has ever dropped, exposing uh, Pfizer. Take a look at this. But I've learned a lot of things over the last month, having been ousted from the company I founded 13 years ago, mere days after the story. And as this was happening, I was talking to one of these people. And she was a little reluctant to go public, rightfully so. She was scared. It didn't, it didn't feel right. But after what I went through, we reconnected. The individual who helped identify this man, who helped bring this to light, who was targeted, who was brought into a room, interrogated, who had a red van go to her home, harass her and her loved ones, who was scared for her life, was so inspired by the series of events that have occurred over the last three weeks that she's decided to go public with me on the stage right now. Debbie from Pfizer, would you please come out here? was worried that I would end up in a body bag or in a car accident. But um, I realized that the spirit of fear is not from the Lord. As a believer, I knew that I couldn't just sit there. I couldn't just sit there and watch people get lied to. People get gaslit. It made me angry. I think we all need to learn to not be fearful. That's why we're where we are today. That's why they keep doing it. That's why they keep lying to you. That's why they keep gaslighting you. Stand up. Be brave. Do something for this country or else we're all doomed. Thank you. Thank you. I will tell you all that I'm not stopping. We're not giving up. O'Keefe tips at protonmail.com. And stay tuned. Does that give you the chills or what? I wa- I've watched this a couple of times and I, I get chills up and down my arms every time I watch this. The, the courage of this woman. She feared for her life. She thought she, that she thought someone against her, someone on the side of Pfizer would harm her, and she did this anyway. And I thought that this is such a good reminder that when we see these exposés, especially one to the enormity, the extent of which is so enormous, like the Pfizer, like the Pfizer Directed Evolution video that Project Veritas dropped this past month, I thought this is a good reminder that what we're seeing on screen is not all that's taking place. That there's an incredible team behind these videos, both at Project Veritas, which is without question, the journalists and the producers, the undercover operatives, the editors, the entire team, the PR, the lawyers, everyone, the the whole institution. That part might be kind of obvious, although we forget it, but there's also other people. There's people like Debbie from Pfizer who, without whom, this video might never have been broken because there would not have been verification that Jordan, the Pfizer employee, was actually a Pfizer employee. Because you remember the mainstream media, um, the first narrative they trotted out was Jordan wasn't actually a Pfizer employee. He wasn't, he wasn't actually part of Pfizer. He was just exaggerating. He was a contractor. But no, there were internal documents that proved that Jordan was in fact from Pfizer. And Debbie was a critical part of, of bringing that to light. This is 
extremely important in the breakdown of what I think about the James O'Keefe and Project Veritas drama because what is unseen is sometimes the most important things that are happening to bring a project to fruition. This is something that I'm reminded of every day. I'm sitting here talking to you in front of the camera, but I have an entire team whose hard work, whose dedication makes makes the show happen. It's not just me. It's not even kind of close to just me. All these other people behind the camera, producers and editors and audio engineers and everyone, everyone contributes to the show and makes it what it is. It's, it is a true team effort. And that's of course true with Project Veritas, not just Project Veritas employees, but other people as well. So put a pin in that for a second because this is an important point that I'm going to build on. So the drama, of course, we're pretty familiar with what happened at Project Veritas. The board of directors kicked James out of his role as CEO. I know there's some argument over whether they booted him or ousted him from the company as a whole, or whether they just removed him from the position of CEO. I don't think that it matters which of those two things is is accurate. I don't think that, I think that's a difference without a distinction for the purpose of what I want to talk about today. Um, the reason the board of directors did this, they publicly, they made public allegations against James O'Keefe of financial extravagance. They even went as far to use the word uh, financial malfeasance. They claimed that he spent donor money extravagantly they also said that he created a hostile environment uh, for workers at Project Veritas by difficult workplace behavior. They said that he was unkind and unfeeling and bossy, and they used the word tyrannical to describe him. But what it, what it amounted to was they, they accused him of poor management of the people who worked for his organization. And they said that that was important to them because it caused such enormous turnover of their employees. They would hire people, people would be unhappy with the workplace environment, people would quit, that it not only costs a lot of money, training uh, when you're onboarding at an organization like Project Veritas is incredibly, it takes an incredibly long time. It's not, it's not, oh, you work one or two days in McDonald's and you got this process down pat. You are not fully trained and onboarded until they've invested some, probably something like six months into you. So that's a, that's a lot of investment. So that's it. These, if true, these are significant allegations. James O'Keefe defended himself in a 45-minute long rebuttal to the board of directors saying that some of the very specific allegations are not accurate. Again, I'm not here to litigate exactly what's true and exactly what's not true. What I am here to do is share with you how I've been thinking about this. Because a lot of us who are conservatives, a lot of us who are active in conservative politics, a lot of us who are active in conservative media, maybe we are Maybe we like to consume conservative media. Maybe we produce conservative media. Whenever there's some kind of drama um, within our movement, it's riveting. It's like a daytime soap opera, but with people you actually know, people you've known for a really long time. And as much as we like to think that we're above gossip, none of us are. We all are interested in watching this. So at the beginning of this, when these allegations were coming to light, my first inclination was, oh, what is true? What is the specific accuracy of the allegations and the defense? And I began to seek the truth. I began to seek from both sides their story so that I could, so that I could potentially present to you my take on the nuances of the allegations. I started doing that for several days. I spent a lot of time on the phone with um, members of the Project Veritas Board of Directors with members of Team James got all kinds of information. And let me tell you, there's a lot of emotion. These people are passionate people. These are the people we want fighting for us in our country because they are people who do not back down from their principles and what they think is right. There's also a lot of ego involved here. I don't necessarily say this as 
in a derogatory manner. Ego is fine. You have to be confident. You have to be a go-getter. But when you have hard-charging personalities, when you have strong personalities, you will inevitably experience clashes of those personalities where people with confidence and ego think that they are absolutely right and that you are absolutely wrong. And that is what both sides, that is what both sides seem to think. That's what they've publicly, that's what they've publicly stated. Um, I'm not going to share everything that everyone told me because there's no point in doing that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those people that airs dirty laundry or shares information that isn't mine. I'm not going to betray any confidences. Um, lots of emotion, lots of egos, and some truth to everything. This is probably, at this point, you're like, well, Liz, this is pretty much what we got from following along with this publicly. Um, but then I realized, you know, these allegations and the defense, like, it sounds bad. It sounds really annoying. <laughs> um, and part of me, my first inclination when I'm going through this process of collecting information, part of me is like, well, I kind of don't care if James walks through the office dressed in a Speedo throwing Cheetos at people who annoy him if he's going to expose Pfizer. Part of me thought that. That was my initial reaction, just my emotional reaction. But then that reaction was countered with a simultaneous reaction in which I thought, well, toxic workplace behavior is really toxic and it's actually counterproductive to the movement. So those two, those two feelings canceled each other out, if you will. And I came to this conclusion. This is what I actually think of the whole thing. This is who I actually think is right and I actually think is wrong. I don't care. Not that I don't care about Project Veritas. I care so much about the work that Project Veritas does. I care so much about the work that James O'Keefe does that I don't care about this drama. I don't care about the nuances of the allegations and the nuances of the defense. I don't care about the accuracy. I don't, I, I don't care because there's something so much bigger at stake here. Something so much bigger at stake here that there's actually only one question that I care to get an answer to when it comes to this breakup between Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of passion. A lot of emotion, a lot of ego, and some truth. And yet, I've gotten to the point where I don't care about the details or whether he said or she said who's specifically accurate. And it's not because I don't care about Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. I care deeply about both. I care deeply about this institution. In fact, I care so much about the work that they do that I really am only interested in this point at the answer to one question. And that question 
is can you do the great things that you have done over the past 10 years without each other? I know Project Veritas can do good work, and I know James O'Keefe can do good work. And if they, if they are committed to their divorce, I have no doubt that Project Veritas will continue to break undercover news stories that are significant to our country. I have no doubt that James O'Keefe will build up some other apparatus to continue his life's work, which is exposing corruption. I don't doubt that. But can you do the great work that you have done? Work in journalism that eclipses almost anything else that we have seen coming from the media in the past decade. Can you honestly sit down, putting your emotion aside, putting your passion aside, putting the elements of truth that, are, that exist in both sides of this story, putting your egos aside, and can you honestly say that the level of content, the level of journalism, the level of exposés of corruption will be exactly the same if you don't have each other. I strongly recommend Project Veritas and James O'Keefe sit down and think this over. If you're religious people, take this to prayer. Because the, the reason that people care so much about this drama between Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, you'll notice that people in the conservative movement are a lot more interested in following along with this than any other kind of takeover of a nonprofit or board members ousting the founder of a nonprofit. That actually happens quite frequently. And maybe you could name one other example that you could think of, maybe two. You know, Steve Jobs got kicked off of the, by the board, kicked out of his company by the board. Glenn Greenwald got kicked out of The Intercept by the board, even though they were the two founders. But this happens a lot. And the reason people care about this is because of what's happening in our country. The conservative movement has more concern and valid concern than ever before that our institutions, the institutions, both the civil institutions, the cultural institutions in our nation, and the governmental institutions are so compromised. They've been entirely captured by radical leftists and Marxists and socialists and communists, people who hate our country and hate us, that we're starting to feel hopeless. We're starting to feel that we have no recourse against this. If our criminal justice system is compromised and law enforcement apparatuses are being weaponized to target the American citizens, then what's, what chance do you have to stand against a false allegation levied against you by the left because you're a conservative or a Christian? People feel hopeless, and yet Project Veritas has given people over the past 10 years reason to hope. Because what started as an individual, James O'Keefe, and grew into this scrappy startup and then matured into this powerhouse institution has actually cracked through the institutional capture of so many different areas that people felt were hopeless. Think about the Pfizer video. For two years, the American people have faced essentially mandates that force them to choose between what they want to do for themselves, whether they want to be injected with a COVID jab, or perhaps whether they lose their job or not. They've been gaslit by public health officials over concerns that either they have experienced, their family has experienced, or they've read about that other people have experienced. And finally, finally, when even Congress couldn't do it, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas brought us this. 
Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone those things. You probably shouldn't tell anyone. You probably shouldn't tell anyone. We're exploring, like, no. You know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, goes everywhere. Something crazy. is the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... It's definitely not gain-of-function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain-of-function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks. It's like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Every revolving door for all government officials. It's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. You know, we're doing their job. Our undercover journalist asked Walker how Pfizer is handling the fact that their COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants. What he said is disturbing. Listen to this. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. Yeah. Okay. So like, do we want to do this? So that's, like, one of the things we're considering. Okay. Like, the future, like, maybe we can, like, create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay, so Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. That's why it was, an, it was a thought that came up in a meeting, and we were like, why, why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that. There'll be more discussions. Okay. That exact reaction, right? We're like, wait a minute. Like, people won't like that. That's right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First, in living animals. So the way that we're thinking about it, like, don't tell anyone those things. Like, you probably shouldn't tell anyone. You probably shouldn't tell anyone. Okay, right. So um, the way we work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. And then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we. And then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you can see the mutation. Then you can kind of force it to mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like you know goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. Is the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like yeah, I know. So the day. Project Veritas dropped this. This is the most viewed video in Project Veritas history by 
orders of magnitude. It's not even close. It's been viewed over 50 million times all around the world. In fact, international media covered this a lot more than the corporate media did here in the United States because the corporate media is one of those institutions that I mentioned before, a civil institution, it's not officially tied to the government, that has been captured by the radical leftist ideology to the point where they're hiding these things. They're hiding the fact that a Pfizer employee admits that they're considering mutating the virus. This is this is a workaround. This is just dodging the technical definition of gain of function, which is what brought us the COVID-19 virus to begin with. To begin with, and that the reason that the Pfizer vaccine and other Pfizer products are approved so quickly by government regulatory bodies is because, again, of institutional capture. Institutional capture at the FDA and the CDC and in academia around the country. Academia being important here because it's these so-called academics who serve on these so-called independent advisory boards that are impaneled by the CDC and the FDA. And it's those so-called independent advisory boards that give the FDA and the CDC a recommendation about whether a drug or a drug should be approved for certain people, meaning the COVID vaccine when it was approved for children, an independent advisory board took a vote on that and gave their recommendations. But these institutions are completely captured. They're captured by the fact that as soon as these individuals on the the advisory panels or in the FDA or in the CDC approve these drugs, give, give regulatory approval for these drugs, which profit Pfizer, then they cash out of government and Pfizer hires them for an enormous paycheck. And this, is, this revolving door is the phrase that Jordan Christian Walker used, this Pfizer employee used. This revolving door is an open secret. It's something that we all knew about. But when we watched this together, remember how we live streamed this on Rumble? We watched it as it unfolded. We all had the same reaction. The reaction was, we knew it. We knew that this was true. None of this was was information that had not occurred to us, but we could not find the smoking gun evidence. Congress couldn't find it. The media couldn't find it. The only people that found it were Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. The only people that exposed this were Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. After how many of us, how many family members, how many friends had undergone this injection, whether or not they really, truly wanted it, whether or not they really, truly were able to give informed consent. And Project Veritas, by the way, it's not just the institutions, it's the politicians that are in control of the institutions. Nobody outside of Project Veritas and James O'Keefe has exposed the politicians the way that they have. It's not just administrative state agencies that Project Veritas and James O'Keefe were able to infiltrate, were able to expose. It wasn't just corruption of media that, that 
Project Veritas and James O'Keefe were able to expose, they actually infiltrated the Hillary Clinton, not officially part of her campaign, but the app, the shadow apparatuses around Hillary Clinton, the organizations that were working in tandem with Hillary Clinton before the presidential election in 2016, when it was Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, when Hillary Clinton's camp was organizing, deliberately organizing and trying to incite violence from Trump supporters to use it to their political advantage. Take a look at this. It doesn't matter what the freaking legal and ethics people say. We're, we need to win this mother Hillary, like, is aware of all the work that you guys do, I hope. The campaign is fully in And then they tell Hillary, like, what's going on. Well, I mean, Hillary knows who Jenny yeah. I'm not suggesting we wait around. We need to start this shit right away. Okay. On every one of these trucks. Okay. What I call this conflict engagement. <laughs> that's that's your that's your version of reenfranchisement. Conflict engagement in in the lines at Trump rallies. No. We're starting anarchy here. This is part one of our undercover investigation into the dark, backroom dealings of the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. The culmination of a year-long investigation infiltrating the machine from the bottom all the way to the White House. So I'm basically deputy rapid response director for the DNC for all things Trump on the ground. Nobody's really supposed to know about me. <laughs> no, I'm saying we have mentally ill people mm. and we pay. <laughs> Make no mistake. This guy named Cesar Vargas. Is his name? I got a priest to cry on camera once. You know, Brad and Bob and Lux and myself are all part of the old school method where it doesn't matter what the freaking legal and ethics people say. We're, we need to win this mother um, If you're there and you're protesting and you do these actions, mm -hmm. you will be attacked at Trump rallies. That's what we want. Oh, so, oh, oh, so that's part of the process that's, of, get, of eliciting the reaction. The whole point okay. of it is we know that Trump's people will, will freak out, his security team will freak out, and his supporters will lose their This is Scott Fovel. He is the National Field Director for Americans United for Change. He used to work for People for the American Way, an organization funded by George Soros. He also has his own company called the Fovel Group. He is one of the dark operatives for the Clinton campaign. We are contracted directly with the DNC and the campaign, both. Yeah. I am contracted to him, mm -hmm. but my, I answer to the head of special events for the DNC mm -hmm. and the head of the special events and political for the campaign. The campaign pays DNC, DNC pays Democracy Partners, Democracy Partners pays the Fogel Group, the Fogel Group goes and executes the shit on the ground. Democracy Partners is a private political consulting company with deep ties to Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama's White House, and the Democratic National Committee. We are the primary mechanism as a team, Democracy Partners is the, the tip of the spear up. Wherever Trump and Pence are going to be, we have a bench. Okay. And we have a whole team across the country that does that. Both consultants and people from the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party apparatus and people from the uh, campaign, the Clinton campaign. Um, and uh, you know, my role with the campaign is to manage all that. Both of those gentlemen, Scott Fovel and Robert Kramer, were subsequently fired for their jobs after James O'Keefe exposed the fact that very close 
associates of the Clinton campaign. This is why the Clintons are smart, right? They know not to get their hands dirty. They wouldn't have someone officially associated with their camp do something like this, foment violence, promote, provoke violence from Trump supporters to make it look like Trump supporters are violent. The Clinton campaign can keep their hands clean, but Clinton associates, Clinton cronies, do this work. They were subsequently fired because the Democratic Party and the Clinton campaign wanted to act like they were just independently doing something they, sh they shouldn't have been done. But this was a huge story in the lead up to the 2016 election, a huge story that preceded Donald Trump defeating Hillary Clinton, not only because Donald Trump was a good candidate and people liked him, but because even Democrats disliked and distrusted Clinton for reasons just like this. And the media, of course, the corporate media, compromised completely by radical leftist ideology. They're, they're the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, refused to report anything negative, anything that might have harmed Clinton's chance in the election, including covering up for convicted child sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. This is undercover video obtained by James O'Keefe and Project Veritas of an ABC host, Amy Robach, admitting that the executives at ABC nixed a story she had, an important story about a Jeffrey Epstein victim. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate it will, that we, that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed, because I'm just like, oh my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying, like, aunt, like we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And, I had it all three years ago. Our insider told us this tape was recorded earlier this year in late August, a day or so after this NPR report came out sharply criticizing ABC News for not broadcasting the Robach Jufre interview years ago. ABC has episodically covered the scandal, yet the interview was never broadcast, and Jufre says she was never told why. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying, like, aunt, like, we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. But the creepy thing is that we would make access to all of these high-profile Well, then I got a little concerned about why I couldn't get on. On the leaked insider tape, Amy Robach says she had the Jeffrey Epstein story three years prior, but her exclusive interview was shelved. Robach says in the leaked tape there was a lot of pressure from Buckingham Palace. According to NPR, the famed lawyer Alan Dershowitz also pressured the network to kill the story. Shortly before the interview was due to air, Harvard Emeritus Law Professor Alan Dershowitz called the network. He was also one of Epstein's lead defense attorneys. We wonder if the story was killed to protect the rich and powerful. 
it seems few were worried about protecting the women who may have been Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Remember, Epstein was still a free man three years ago. And just to be clear, the interview has still not aired. What is ABC News waiting for, or who are they still protecting? Think about this for a second. Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in prison, supposedly. Conveniently, the security cameras were off. Conveniently, the guards didn't do their check. Conveniently, he has, his cellmate had been removed, all a little bit too conveniently for a maximum security prison where no inmate had successfully committed suicide ever in the history of the institution before. Jeffrey Epstein, who was connected very closely with Bill Clinton and other political figures in our nation, rich people in our nation, influential people in our nation, the Congress has never been able to do anything significant to find out the extent of Jeffrey Epstein's ties to our government. The mainstream media has never been able to do anything. They've refused to do anything. Even when a journalist like Amy Robach tried to do something, the network, the corporate part of this network, the executives stymied it. And so who was able to actually expose this? Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. When no one else could do it, they did it. Project Veritas and James O'Keefe exposed big tech too, new media. When during the 2016 election, this was the first time this had come into the consciousness of a lot of conservatives. We'd heard about censorship in big tech. Maybe we'd experienced a little bit of a smaller reach. Our posts not going as viral. People saying, hey, I don't really see your stuff anymore. But we had we didn't have proof. We didn't have that smoking gun. And so we all kind of wondered, well, is it just because our stuff isn't as good right now or there's increased competition? And James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, when no one else could establish censorship, when the executives at Google and Facebook and Twitter were lying to Congress, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas exposed Google for manipulating their algorithm, essentially meddling in the 2016 presidential election. Take a look at this. So why are the police outside your home in San Francisco? And so... What I did is I put out a dead mass switch. People are like, well, you're brave. It's like when I'm coming and, and explaining what Google was doing, this is an act of atonement, okay, to make my conscience clear. They're not an objective piece. They're not an objective source of information. They are a highly biased political machine um, that is bent on never letting somebody like Donald Trump come to power again. The Google whistleblower has come out of the shadows, this time releasing a large cache of remarkable confidential Google documents that expose Google's political bias and a scary progressive social agenda. My name is Zach Voorhees, and I was an employee at Google for eight years. And the reason why I collected these documents was because I saw something dark and nefarious going on with the company. I felt that our entire election system was going to be compromised forever uh, by this company that told the American public that it was not going to do any evil. And I saw that they were making really quick moves, not only in the documents, but also in the internal speeches that the executives were giving to the company that they were intending to do that. They were intending to scope the information landscape so that they could create their own version of what was objectively true. And think about what kind of impact that had on how people viewed news stories, how people viewed the candidates based on those news stories, and therefore how they cast their ballot, who they cast their ballot for. Project Veritas and James O'Keefe were the first to expose this. The, the work that Project Veritas and James O'Keefe have done in the past 10 years is remarkable. 
And I, I don't say this to give an empty compliment. I don't say this for any other reason except to establish the reality of what we're talking about here. When we're talking about an institutional breakdown, which is what's happening at Project Veritas, when the founder of the company is ousted by the board of directors, that is a breakdown, that is a breakup, that is a divorce of two incredibly important and critical pieces that together produced what I just showed you, what we have watched together over the last 10 years. Project Veritas and James O'Keefe have inarguably changed the course of the United States of America by exposing this level of corruption. And by the way, the new part of the, the new corruption, the new institutional capture, we talk about this on the show all the time, is the Marxism, the cultural Marxism, the critical race theory, the DEI. And Project Veritas, their newest release, and this is post-breakup, so you don't know how much Project Veritas did on their own, how much James O'Keefe was involved before it actually went to air. What you're about to see is Project Veritas undercover journalist talking to a man by the name of David Casamento. He's the assistant superintendent of curriculum at the East Meadow Public School District. And he's discussing his efforts as a political activist in the classroom. He characterizes his work as being political, even though he is ostensibly a teacher. He talks about his efforts to integrate DEI into his classrooms. And he talks about exactly how he discriminates against conservatives and refuses to hire them as teachers in schools so that children will not be exposed to their viewpoints since he said his job is inherently political. Take a look at this. My sexual identity was always part of my, my work because I believe in making connections with kids. Here's the thing with DEI. If you push too hard doing the work and you get this pushback, it will be decades before you can do the work again. Right. So it needs to be incremental. Certainly. The conservative movement will say, and I gotta tell you, I am not opposed to this question, right? Why do we need to sexualize kids at a young age? After the pandemic, I mean, it's it's dangerous right now. It's dangerous for me, it's dangerous for all people who want to do this work. Do you encourage your teachers to write, like, a curriculum advanced in diversity, equity, inclusion work? Yes, curriculum? covertly. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but we need good people, otherwise the work that myself and my generation have done for not. And that's why I'm starting. I'm, person, I'm having a personal crisis of conscience because I really feel like right. the work that I've done for 42 years could be for not. Well, I don't want to hurt anybody. And I think I could the way I'm thinking. You think you could hurt somebody? Yeah, because I really, deep down, I believe that we should be waiting before we make those irreversible decisions. Uh, I think that's not so. Uh, he and his. Uh, I am the assistant superintendent. So let me ask you this question. Why do we care so much about this Project Veritas, James O'Keefe saga, this feud, this breakup, these allegations, the defense? Why do we care so much about this? Is it because we're interested in gossip? Because it's kind of juicy? Because it's kind of salacious? Or is it because of something more real than that? Is it because we see the level of institutional capture in civil institutions, cultural institutions, and government institutions in our country, and we feel that we are on the brink of the point of no return. We feel that our media has failed us, our elected officials are either squishes or also corrupt, and that our voices, our votes, have even been diminished to the point where we're not sure 
if we're being listened to. We're not sure if you and I, as private American citizens, are actually part of our self-governance anymore. We're not sure what our recourse is. We're not sure how to save this. We're not sure how to, how to show people the truth, the level of corruption, the lies. And Project Veritas and James O'Keefe for 10 years have been our beacon of hope. They have been a light in the darkness. They have been the single institution that's been able to crack through the protective layer of lies that the corporate media, Democrat apparatuses, and elected officials on both the left and the right have wrapped around everything they do and everything they say. People are devastated to hear about the breakup of Project Veritas and James O'Keefe because they worry, they wonder, will the work that Project Veritas does without James be the same? Will James O'Keefe be able to produce the work that he's produced in the past without his team, his apparatus around him? And here's my answer. Here's my analysis. Here's where this long thought process has brought me. Project Veritas will certainly still be able to do good work with or without James O'Keefe. That's obvious. They have a good team. They're committed to the cause. They'll be able to do good work. They have a great staff. But will it be exactly the same as it was with James O'Keefe? No. It won't. Because if you make that contention that the work will be exactly the same, the work of Project Veritas will be exactly the same without James O'Keefe, then the assertion that you're making is that James brought nothing to the organization. And that's silly. That's clearly false. That's clearly untrue. So maybe you'll be able to do good work. Project Veritas will be able to do good work. Maybe James will be able to do good work as well. But will it be the same? Will it have the same impact? Will it be the same beacon of light that it has been for the past 10 years? I know you guys need marriage counseling. And I know a lot of people on both sides of this. I have friends on the Project Veritas board. I have friends who are employees of Project Veritas. I have, uh, I've, I've known James since we, we practically grew up in the movement together. I know a lot of you guys are gonna look at me and this is not gonna be what you wanna hear. But this is my message to you. And I speak not only for myself, I speak for the American people who are counting on you. Work it out. I can, I can hear both of you on my shoulder right now saying, are you nuts, Liz? Work it out. Figure out a way to fix your problems and work it out. Don't do it for your own sake. Do it for the country that you love and the American people who count on you. Work it out. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.